let's uh, dive into the Word together. If you've got your Bibles, you can open up to First Thessalonians. And uh, we're in chapter 2. And we're going to transition between chapter 2 and chapter 3. So chapter 2, verse 17 uh, to 3, verse 5. And I'll read that now. I'll just sort of check how people are going, getting their Bibles open. All right, looks like the movement's settled down. <laughs> so this is what the word of the Lord says. Paul's writing to the Thessalonians and he says, But since we are torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavoured the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope? or joy, or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone. And we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction, just as it has come to pass, and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith, for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you, and our labor would be in vain. Well, isn't that amazing? Uh, I don't know if you've picked up um, a lot of correlation there with uh, what Paul wrote in our circumstances. Very different circumstances, separated by a long period of time and no single person the same, but a lot of things are very similar there. Even mentions face to face. <laughs> We're looking forward to that day, aren't we? <laughs> so I wanted to just recap, um, because this is important, um, just some context of what's happened here. So Paul, he gets to Thessalonica um, with Silas and Timothy. And they're there in the minister for three weeks, sharing the gospel. People come to faith. Among them is uh, a man named Jason. Anyway, they're evicted out of the city um, as a mob is started by the Jews. And they, they leave and they go to Berea and they uh, preach the word in Berea. And um, the Jews from Thessalonica are so passionate, they travel down to Berea and they, again, form a mob and evict Paul um, out of Berea. And so they leave, um, and actually Silas and Timothy stay behind at that point. They leave and go down. To, Paul leaves and goes to Athens in uh, um, Greece. And... Um, what happens is while he's there in Greece, uh, Silas and Timothy come and then he returns Timothy back to, um, to Thessalonica. And uh, so that's sort of the context of what's happening. If you want, um, I gave a bit more of a broad uh, brushstroke of that and more detail um, in an earlier message. Um, you can see that if you want to double check it and just uh, get your bearings again. It's called um, the title of the message. You just go to thevinebaptist.com and you can have a look at previous um, online services. And the title of that service is A Concern for Your Welfare. It was on August 16th. And in that, I give a lot more context with maps and stuff um, for that. So that's what's happening, right? And so Paul, he's now in Corinth and he's writing and he's recapping about what happened. And he says, we were torn away from you. And that's exactly what happened. He didn't actually want to leave Thessalonica. He was evicted and a whole mob arose and essentially forced him out. So he was torn away. It wasn't of his desire. And so he had to leave. And uh, he says it was for a short time. But notice his heart here. It's like, we had to leave, but it was in person. 
It wasn't in heart. Our hearts were always there for you and with you. We were never torn away in heart. That never happened. Only in person. We couldn't actually physically be among you. That's what happened. And so we wanted to come to you again and again. Sound familiar? <laughs> and, um, and Paul is, is there desiring to come. But it's very interesting what he says. I don't know if you picked that up when I read it or if you noticed it um, as you reflected through this passage, if you read it at other points in time. But he says four words. We wanted to come again and again, but Satan hindered us. That's an interesting thing to think about that Satan hindered the Apostle Paul. He actually prevented Paul from doing something that he wanted. He doesn't expand on it, doesn't give any more detail. Well, I think that's an important thing to note here. I'm going to come back to it later, um, but go into it a bit more depth uh, now as well. But Satan actually hindered the Apostle Paul. And as we know, he's a very godly man. He's, um, the Lord has worked in his life in a, in a powerful way. He's very holy and upright. But even with all of that going for him, Satan was still able to hinder him for a time, not forever. He eventually got what he desired and he managed to send Timothy. But Satan did hinder him. He prevented him from doing what he wanted. He doesn't expand on this much at that point, but there's two possible ways that Satan can hinder Paul or you or I or anyone. And, and two kinds, two kinds of ways that he can. One kind is an internal kind. And that happens within us. So it might be, you know, a fear that we have to go and do something that the Lord is wanting us to do. Or in this case, that Paul is wanting to go. Maybe he could fear for his life, for example, you know. And if he lets Satan make that fear become too big, then that can force him and hinder him from going back. Or Satan can also um, externally hinder us. And how does that work? If you think about Job, Satan is able to manipulate our environment Again, within certain restrictions placed on by the Lord, but he's able to do that, um, manipulate our environment. And you see what would happen to Job. Um, he had all of his um, children and, and lost everything, um, all of his uh, livestock and, and his wealth. And so um, he was even afflicted with disease. And so Satan can also hinder externally. Paul doesn't say what happened here. I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking it's more likely an external hindrance rather than an internal because of Paul's walk, but he doesn't say, and therefore we don't need to know. But those are two ways that Satan can hinder us, either internally by creating an internal conflict um, and making that loom bigger than God's will, or an external circumstance that presses in upon us and, and uh, prevents us from doing what God wants. So that's what happened. Paul is hindered and he can't go. But he continues on in verse 19 and he says something again, very interesting. He says, um, what is our hope or our joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming? Is it not you? And it's interesting. I don't know if you've uh, ever talked with another believer about what your crown of boasting is. If you've sat down in your growth group and did that recently, it's not common language, is it? <laughs> it's not something that uh, often comes up as a, uh, a thing, you know, we quite often want to be like, oh, no, you know, we, we don't boast. <laughs> but here, Paul is, I've got a crown of boasting. He says it outright. And it's you, actually, the Thessalonians. It's you. You're the crown of boasting. And um, it's interesting, though. I want to read to you the grounds on which that boasting is placed. And it comes, if you flick back, get your Bibles, flick back to chapter 2. And I'll just read three verses from verse 3 to 6 here, right? And again, this is the grounds of Paul's boasting of his glory. 
And he's talking about how he brought the gospel to the Thessalonians. He said, our appeal of bringing the gospel does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed, God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others. You see, all these things he lists, and it's so upright and holy. There's no um, pretext, there's no greed, there's no flattery, there's no seeking of praise of man. And then on that, Paul says, you are my glory, you are my crown, you are my joy. Because if there had been a pretext for greed, if there had been flattery, if there had been a desire and a seeking of glory, you know what that would have done? That would have undermined the glory that God would have given Paul because of his work among the Thessalonians. So at any point when someone is moving and seeking to minister, bringing the gospel or whatever, they are actually undermining um, the glory that they receive from God. And that's what Paul's saying. I came on this standard. I sought the glory of the Lord alone. It wasn't for anyone else's sake, but for the glory of God. And on that, I now receive a crown and I can boast in that before Jesus Christ that that's what I've done. And uh, yeah, it's a fascinating way to think. If you think about it, um, someone who is coming right on a, on a pretext or um, with flattery or that sort of a thing, they're never going to talk like that. You know, someone who's looking for the glory of man is not going to turn around and say, yes, uh, you are uh, my glory. You are my, my pride and my boasting. You see, they'll cover that up. They'll use a false humility to try and cover up the truth of what's really happening. But Paul, in genuine humility, can say, you are my crown and glory. And that's what he rightfully says here, breathed out by the Holy Spirit in the, in the scripture. So he goes on, right? Uh, in verse one, he says, when we could bear it no longer. He sounds so in pain, doesn't he? When he could bear it no longer, he couldn't bear it. He had to go, he had to do something. And it cost him. He said, when we could bear it no longer, I was willing, <laughs> we were willing to be left um, behind in Athens alone so that Timothy could go. And I don't know exactly what Timothy was doing there with him in Athens, but it was definitely a big help to Paul. It was definitely um, a great um, um, service in seeing the gospel go forth uh, among that region. And Paul said, even though I really want Timothy here, he is such a help. I, I, I can't. I've got to send to see how you Thessalonians are going. So Timothy, how you Thessalonians are going. So Timothy, you go now and you send. And it was a great cost to him. It cost him something to do that. You can see how he's, he's not wanting to release Timothy because of the, um, what Timothy is doing there um, in how he's serving and he sends Timothy and he says, the reason that I'm sending Timothy is to establish and exhort you in your faith so that no one will be moved by the afflictions. So they're undergoing the Thessalonians, this pressure. Um, as you know, the Jews probably would have continued to be stirring up um, difficulty for them. And, and Paul's wondering, how are they going? And it's interesting. He says, um, you know, you're undergoing this affliction and I'm sending Timothy to strengthen you. And he says in verse four, when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we would have suffered affliction. That's amazing. He was with them three weeks. And out of all the things that Paul could have preached on in a three-week period, one of them was to say, you guys 
if you come to faith and you enter into the kingdom of heaven, you will undergo affliction. And he says that. This, this is what we are destined for. Isn't that a hard thing? <laughs> Imagine receiving that gospel, a gospel of a destiny of suffering. And they received it with gladness, he says, <laughs> at other points in the letter. And so he sends Timothy, when he could bear it no longer, this is verse 5 now, to learn about your faith. I'm wanting to see how you're going because I'm concerned, why? That somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. You see, he was afraid that Satan was going to get in there and tempt. And you see, the thing is, when the church is under affliction, you know what happens? That's when Satan is getting in. You know, he's looking for opportunities to tempt. Have a think about this. When Satan came to Jesus and he said, turn these stones into bread, when did he do that? Was it after Jesus fed the 5,000 and he just had all that bread and fish? Of course not. It was after he'd been fasting for 40 days and nights and then he comes with that temptation. That's what Satan came with, the tempter. He said, now that you've been fasting that long, or well, he didn't say that, of course he did that. He said, would you like these stones to become bread? It wasn't after Jesus was full. It was when there was challenge and trial. And the same thing is true in the day of the Thessalonians, same thing is true today. When we're undergoing trial and pressure and affliction, that's when the tempter is especially at work to bring about temptation. And Paul is worried about this. He's like, I'm concerned that, you know, somehow Satan has gotten in here to tempt and to lead you away and that our labor is in vain. Tell you what, that's a very disappointing thing. <laughs> Brett's a builder and a few other people are working practically. If you do a whole day's work and it's in vain, that is very disappointing. Imagine three weeks of work and it amounts to nothing. You can see why he's concerned, <laughs> but also for them, for their sake, you know, but he doesn't want his labor to be in vain uh, by the same token. So, oh, one other thing, yes, <laughs> I'm just reading my notes as I look back here. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's a good point. I should say that. <laughs> um, Timothy, um, is sent out, right, to go to the Thessalonians and reflect about Timothy. He had only been with Paul for about six months. He's very, you know, I don't know how long he'd been in the faith, but he'd probably been less than six months with Paul. And he's a young man, as we know from Paul's letter to Timothy. He's a young man. And yet Paul sends this young man who's only been in mission for about, with Paul for about six months to go and strengthen this church of Thessalonica who are under affliction. That's quite a significant task for Timothy, but he goes and does it. He's faithful to what Paul um, calls him to do. And therefore God, well, even more so God, we should say. So it's fascinating um, how this passage is very much overlapping a lot with what we're experiencing now. The desire to see each other face to face. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel that now as I look at all of your screens. Now I'm missing you. And you'll be missing one another as well. Um, and it grows even more eager. We're torn away. Um, and on this torn away, you know, I was reflecting recently, you know, the last time we were able to meet together face to face, I actually couldn't be there. I was sick at the time and COVID was starting to come in. So I had to um, isolate at that point. But we had a, a service. We had a guest preacher. Um, Brett had to step up and, and jump and go pick up this uh, uh, guest preacher from down in uh, Whitehorse area. And uh, then we had a, a pizza barbecue around at the, um, the Dobson's place. 
And uh, yeah, it was a wonderful time. I wasn't there, but I heard so much about it. <laughs> I was very disappointed I couldn't go. Um, and this is what happened. Since then, we've been torn away from each other. We haven't been able to gather in that way and we are missing and hungering that, hungering for that. But I want you to consider as well our circumstances. You know, we're torn away in heart, uh, in person, but not in heart. And we have to dis this desire to see each other face to face. But notice as well that under affliction, Satan is seeking to tempt us. He's seeking to come in. And uh, if you have a look, you know, at the different people on the screens, you might be in a discussion uh, group shortly with a group of people uh, in a breakout room after this, you know, there'll be a, a whole bunch of things happening, um, you know, growth groups and, and those sorts of things. But throughout this week, uh, I don't know, I, there's nothing that in particular is coming to mind that I know of, but I'm sure that Satan will have been among us trying to tempt us and to lead us away from the faith. Have you ever had this thought, for example, during this whole period of COVID, I thought something to the effect of, you know, nobody really knows about you, what you're going through. Nobody really knows uh, how you're feeling, what you're experiencing. Um, nobody even really cares. You experience that kind of a thought? <laughs> or maybe something similar, or maybe, you know, depressive or anxious thoughts. Beware of the tempter who's getting in there to tempt you to come away from the faith. Um, and in the temptation, you know, maybe... Things have resurfaced. Things uh, that you've uh, walked away from long ago have resurfaced. And Satan is trying to get these things to uh, be reestablished uh, in your lives, which are not of God. It could be anything. It could take many forms. But Satan will be among us trying to tempt us, trying to lead us away. And that's why, you know, we need to be coming closer together as we're able to. Reach out to someone. Maybe you've dishonored that and you felt like, but, you know, or from with that God is doing in our midst. And Brett, I was amazed when you read that as well. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it's come to my mind. Imagine that each one of, okay, from the Hurstbridge campus, every time when we read fabric that comes together. So when I, my life and I reach out to someone else, there's a thread, thread that starts to come out and it weaves the whole fabric together. Now we've got to connect exactly like Brett was saying. We've got to connect and reach out to one another to support because if we have weak links between one another, you put a lot of pressure or weight on that and it's the, the, the fabric's easily gonna tear, it's gonna be um, uh, destroyed. But if the weaving between each part is strong and it's tight, then you can put much more weight and pressure and it will hold it a much uh, more significant amount. Again, uh, that verse from Ecclesiastes, it's not just a one-way thing going from me to someone else. I've got to also receive. It's got to come back. But the most important part, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Let it be motivated by the Lord. Let it be driven by Him. Let it be empowered by Him. And you see, as we do this together, we get woven together. That third cord is essential. Out of my own power or strength to me, you know, we're just offering goodwill. Central in it. Then putting us together in that way, uh, we'll start singing it. <laughs> broken. In the, in the fabricating, you know, perhaps we feel or I can't share, you know, everyone, I'm not doing well, I'm struggling, or you're tempted, whatever it might be. You, you, but when we're having those links, put this together tightly in, the, in uh, like a tight, just lost my train of thought. <laughs> just to a lot of you younger people, this is for every single person in this, right? I uh, said, you know, do not let anyone look down long before, uh, after, and 
yet he was out. If you're a young person, you know, if you're saying reaching out or, or trying to encourage wrong, <laughs> absolutely wrong. And for you to try and encourage me, I would, <laughs> I'd be recovering from that for the next young person come and say, Hey, Ollie, actually, here you go. I'll, I'll share a testament at the moment, but Lionel Bailey has cooked us a meal. He decided, you know, he could have said no, but he wanted to. And my family have been blessed by a young meal. Thank you very much, Lionel. It was very tasty as well. <laughs> it was so good we uh, divided the meal. You see, that's the way that Lionel has ministered to me and my say, this is just for the mature in the faith. This is ministering with those cords. Again, it's, and it's two ways, you know, and with the center, three, three strands. And I'm seeking to work and to serve. As you know, I've been in, um, but I'm one person again of the woven fabric. If there's just one person doing that, that's not of God. I'll do it with the three others and that's it. How tight is that? Sorry, I thought that was funny. Anyway, but you see when we're each at different points in time, my family of six at the moment, and many of you and care and support and many just try and get to our lives together. I have to be more limited by that and I'm a husband. And, right, and it's not that I don't do stuff in the church by serving the body, but you see, you know, and different ones of us have got different things that we're facing. Some of us might be in uh, Satan's temptation. Out. Who is it that the Lord, uh, you know, and probably not just people, but others outside, you know, the discretion. Um, another thing, because they haven't been, you know, a part of it was Paul in Thessalonica. You know, my heart is for you, you know, doing things left right, from a genuine place. And, um, very selves. So not, not sharing their own life then that's a, okay, and we can test and see. We can say, sure, come and minister me there, come. So sharing your lives with others, this is. Or it's even, I haven't got much to offer. I don't know what, include yourself on that basis. I'm not, because we all have opportunity questions. It's not hard. Right now, can you help me? But if we don't have the communication of gather together, and then the picture there is this tightly woven net. We're building and encouraging one another up. We're overcoming together the hindrances that Satan is placing in our midst. And I tell you, there will be some. You may not discern it, but Satan will be seeking to hinder us. Absolutely. We're doing the work of the Lord here. He's against that. He is our enemy anniversary. He'll be seeking to tempt us. But when we come together closely, together we'll be overcoming this. So I hope that I've encouraged you to reach out and build up. At the same time, don't feel a pressure or burden. I, again, I'm going to give myself an example here. I'm not trying more than what I'm capable of. I'm looking after my family a little rough, and you've got to do that as well. But I'm just reaching out to other people, communicating, listening, and keep your eyes out for the temptation of Satan in your own life, in the lives of others, for how he's hindering. And then build one another up. And you know what? We're going to have an opportunity to do that very shortly. Um, so let me close in prayer, and then I'll hand back over to Brett. And uh, we'll do that uh, together in some uh, breakout rooms uh, over discussion and prayer shortly. Heavenly Father, uh, I want to thank you for your word. And thank you that uh, from this book, um, uh, this letter written to the Thessalonians thousands of years ago, different context, different people, Lord, today um, we have much richness that can be applied to our present situation, Lord. And uh, Father, um, yeah, the, the, your name that came to mind for me is the God who sees, and you see every single one of us. None of us is hidden, just like Hagar wasn't hidden from you in the desert, Lord. No single person here is hidden from us. You see and know every single one of us, all the pain, the hurt, where we've stumbled, where we've done well, you see it all, Lord. And Father, we, we ask that we would 
likewise seek to see in the limited way that you've given us. Lord, we can't see like you do. But in the sea and to nurture and to care for those around us, overcoming the hindrance together. Lord, and that they're in your body here at the Vine Hurstbridge, Lord. Tightly woven net against the works of Lord. It's not all on Satan, Father. Father, we, we ask this time of COVID, Lord, among your churches. Lord, you have many churches in this city and around this world who are struggling. But may, may we, Lord, be a sweet fragrance as a church, church family in this way, ministering and being tightly woven, not holding back our lives, Lord, but sharing deeply and overcoming, Lord, the obstacles that we have in our own hearts and minds that prevent us from building one another up. We ask this, Lord, that you will be glorified. Amen.